we're here. We've come together. And we've come to enjoy him. Yeah. Enjoy Jesus. We've taken this incredible table, this meal, yeah. the covenant meal Hallelujah. that fulfills. I mean, take it every day. Some people haven't been encouraged to take it from what I've heard. Nothing stopping you sitting at your breakfast table, sitting down quietly, grabbing a little glass of squash and a piece of toast or a piece of bread and sitting there and just resting down and relaxing and thinking about what Jesus has done for you Hallelujah. and taking bread and wine. In fact, I'd encourage it because this is not a religious statement. We're not religious people. No. This is God wanting a relationship with us. Yeah. And we know that through this covenant meal, there is strength. Like the prayer, I hope you prayed, because it's real, the words are true, and God responds to our faith. That's right. How do we please God? We please him by our faith. Our faith. Everything that we need for life and godliness, paraphrased, has been downloaded, like John just said, into us when we received God and give Jesus an invitation to come in, we received all of him. Yeah, hallelujah. We just didn't receive a piece of him. No. A little finger or, or a part of God. And if we all get together, it's all come again. Mm -hmm. Now God's got this ability to put himself in every single one of us completely. Yeah. Hallelujah. And each Amen. one of us have all of God. Amen. All the wisdom all the spiritual intuition, all the connection that Jesus had when he walked on this earth, as you read about it in the Gospels, is in us. Yeah. Is in us. And it will come out according to our faith and confidence. If we're just in love with God so much, we can go and do almost anything we dare to believe for because right, nothing is impossible with God nothing is impossible with God for three weeks now in Sunday school they've been talking about worship mm -hmm. in one form or another we're trying to catch up because the idea was that the church whatever's going to be shared out in the main church is going to be shared alongside in the Sunday school and they're ahead of us at the moment because different things taking place so I'm talking about worship or true worship right now according to the scripture in 1 John 5 19 it says this whole world the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. It's a shame you're not writing scriptures down. The whole, these are in the Bible. The whole world, the, not just Druidy, not just Shanghai at midnight, the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. 
The whole system of the world is under the sway of evil. The whole world system is designed to draw us away from God. Go to school and your children are being taught that it started with a big bang and we, we come from monkeys. It's accepted evolutionary theory and it's not the truth. But the whole world is accepting that. It's allowing the whole system of our children and education to go out into their lives. That there was a big bang and that somehow something happened and the evolution of man come. But that's evil. It's wrong. It's a lie. It's not the truth. Does everyone agree with me there? I mean, because this is just basic stuff, you know, we're talking about here. And when we follow the system of the world, we are giving into its power, its philosophy, its authority. Yes, we're in the world. But the Bible says, we're not of it. The world system, its purpose is is to get us so plugged into its ways, so caught up in its drive, to get us so focused on what it calls its success, right, that we can't find time for anything else. And I guarantee 90% of the world is in that place. They can't even begin to see beyond their nose. The thing or the money that's going to help them get what they want. They're in the world. And the world's captivating us. It's the world system, the system of the world is designed to get you in debt. Yeah. It's designed to burden you down with fear and anxieties. It's designed to do that. Mm-hmm. So that you don't get time to ask the real questions. To get the real answers that can change your life. When we got born again, and I'm talking like everyone is here, we were born into a different kingdom. We were born into God's way of doing things and being right. Matthew 6.33 in the Amplified Bible, I'll tell you that, that it's God's way of doing things. The kingdom of God is a whole different perspective, a whole different way of doing things and being right. Okay, and being right. The things we've grown up with in our life, we, we try, and God understands, don't get me wrong, but we've got to unlearn the procedures, unlearn the principles, the things that have value in the world have absolutely no value in the eyes of God, in the kingdom. They don't have any. The system that we're seeing, the government and the whole world system that has our attention is not the truth. Powerful statement. Oh, that's a bit too crazy for me. 
Well, it's the truth. The whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. That's what it says. That's what the Bible says. And you know what? We have to learn to disempower. You've heard this statement from us. Whatever we give our attention to, in order, what do you say there, Tony? Whatever we give our attention to, we empower. If I'm concentrating on me, I give me power and I fail. If I concentrate on God and his ability, I give him power and I succeed. If I give attention to my debts, they draw me to the need of the worry and the anxiety and the fear, and I fail. If I look at potential symptoms of sickness and give them attention, I get sicker and weaker and miserable. And I might as well get in my bed, put the covers over me, and go to sleep. Yeah. And go to sing to my sickness. Whatever we give ourselves attention to, what we focus on, we empower. And we're in the world and not of it. You don't belong to the world anymore. If you believe that. But you can just as easily act like the world, walk around like the devil, and have a Holy Spirit inhabitation. Because it still depends on your behaviour and your choices. Listen to this, Romans 6.16, it says this, Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourselves to anyone to do his will, then you are slaves of him whom you obey? Whether that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, Righteousness is right doing according, right standing with God with this Amplified Version, with the choices we make as a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, I can make the wrong decision, make a wrong choice and walk down the wrong way and if I continually do it, it will suck the life out of me and bring death into my life as a Christian. Because God doesn't grab me by the scruff of the neck and say, do it this way or else. What he does say is, he says, today I lay before you life or death. And then he says something else. What did he say, John? Choose life. Thanks, Stuart. Choose life. So that's God's way of saying, grabbing you by the scruff of the neck and saying, I'll give you a choice, but I'm going to tell you what you should choose. Choose life. Amen. And we have to actively make quality decisions according to this, according to the direction of the Bible, and walk in them continually, because if we continually do it, we will be living and leading to life and goodness and godliness and peace. And all the desires of our heart, like Tony's talking about, there's a desire in there, and she will not find it in the world, she'll only find it in God, yeah. and she's just going to be faithful to follow him mm-hmm. the best way she can, yeah. loving God, letting God love her, yeah. 
and walking accordingly and she will walk into her destiny Hallelujah. I'm confident of it because the Bible says so yeah. not because I'm clever and I'm wise and, and, and I've done it before because I've got things that I've got to walk into as well yeah. and so have you and all of you have asked God to do things all, God knows the desires of your heart but he's saying this has got to be about you trusting me do you know what that's called? Aye. Worship. That's called worship. That's called giving my time, my honour, my trust, my attention, my choices. Forget my opinion because it means nothing. But I trust the one who loves me so passionately that I'll follow him. I'll do what the Bible says. I do what I know what is right. I do after I've spoken to the pastor, and if he's with it, and go with that because I'm a part of a body of people who believe on God and got the best for me. <coughs> Church is about bringing people to a place where we can lead them into their heart's desire. Amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> so the choices we make are key to what we value. We'll only make choices for the things that we think are going to be good for us. We won't make choices that are going to make us or bring us into a painful situation. Be a bit crazy that would, wouldn't it? Huh? If you think God's angry with you and he's going to smack you, you're not going to choose God. If you're confident God loves you and has got the best for you, then you're going to run into his arms and grab hold of him and hang in there all the time. I, you ain't going anywhere, Daddy. I'm coming with you. Mm -hmm. Because you love me. And he's saying, that's right, son, that's right, daughter. I'm for you. You're just hanging close. Talk to me. Listen, because I want to talk to you. And we call that a relationship. It's not about doing things because every third Sunday I have to go and turn up a church. If I'm there by 10, 15, it's okay. But I'm in big trouble if I don't get there. Do you know what I mean? The, the tape you were going to bring in, John the measure, all the rules are gone, love's yeah. come mm. love's come in the place but that's got bigger rules <laughs> love's got God only wanted 10% of your money under the law but under law he's got it all, he should have it all and he should just dispense to give you to what you need and let God have all the rest because mm. he's incredible yeah. and the kingdom of God that we're in has got much better interest rates than the world because it makes it 30 or 60 or 100 times what you've invested. Not 0.2%. It's a whole different ball game. If you worship God, you'll trust God. Yeah. We'll trust Him. And do you know what God, Jesus said? Our least way of showing that we worship him is what we give, what we pour our hand in our pocket for, and trust. That's the least way we can prove that we love God. It's the least. Do you know why? 
because money's got the biggest hold on every single one of us who don't understand that God wants to set us free from it. And if we could be free from the desire to want to accumulate it, we would accumulate it and all our needs would be met and everybody else's around us would be met through that flow too. We wouldn't be thinking about having to meet our own needs. God does. And the overflow is that the kingdom of God is moving and growing. Incredible. So worship, worship is a very practical and spiritual act. You know, religion is based on a whole regime of outward ritual, legal requirements that do not encourage us to use our heart or our mind. For this reason, there's no need for faith, just obedience. For where there is no obedience, when we blow it, guess what comes in? Guilt comes in. Condemnation comes in. And when we've had them long enough, we walk around in shame, and shame kills. Because sickness comes in our soul first, before it manifests in our physical body. You feel sick before you actually get sick. Don't you? Oh, I feel a bit cold at the moment. Man, I'm a bit, feel a bit tired. And then you tell yourself, because the body tries to honour your words. You know that? Your body honours your words. I feel sick. Yeah. Oh, cells of the body, I've got to make myself sick. Because then the words that I've got to honour for this body that I'm in. And the body works to make you sick. That's why we confess that confession prayer that we prayed with the communion statement. That life comes from this, not sickness. I want to, when I go, I'd I'd love to be sin and sick free. Like Smith Wigglesworth, who who didn't have any problem, he just said, Thank you, Lord, my time's come and left and his, his physical body was still there and the fine physical form that he had had no sickness in it at all 88 year old guy no sickness he just left and went home and we're all going home this isn't home we're just passing through some are going to get home quicker than others Some are getting to get home through mistakes and wrong choices. But home it is. But listen to this. The Bible, God's Word, is an instruction to teach us how to live on the inside as well regarding our outwardly behaviour. Jesus, our example how to live the most caring, most loving, most productive way. He's our example to live all them things in his life. No different from us. Some people have heard this before because they think Jesus is on another level. 
He was God and man. And he was. But he had to go into his Bible and find out all his identity. Because they didn't walk around in them times in Jerusalem all with Bibles and go to sit down after they've been to the synagogue and open the Old Testament up and look at it. They had to rely on the the rabbi to say something. Then they all got together like we did on Sunday morning the other day. And we sat and we chatted. And we, we, we talked like the Jews would talk about God and got blessed. Amen. But we, we, we can pick our Bibles up and go home and sit at ease, munching on some niblets of the word. <laughs> but our true identity is in here. Our true identity is in here. We're looking to try and find prosperity. Our prosperity is in here. Yes. We're looking to try and find out when we're running down the doctors and making appointments and doing this and doing that. And our health's in here. We're looking down to be, have a few more friends. Well, the reason why you haven't got any is in here. And the reason how you can get some is in here too. And if you're scared, the reason why you're scared is in here. Yeah. And the reason why you shouldn't be scared, guess where it is? It's yeah. in here. Amen. Glory to God. And honouring this and making practical application, good choices, because it's in here, guess what it's called? Worship. Worship! The truth of the gospel is designed to filter through every aspect of our lives so that we can know and experience life on an incredible level with confidence and an assurance of faith by following Jesus and his example and honouring this word in John 10 10 said I didn't I, the thief comes to steal and destroy but I've come to bring you life <coughs> and life more abundant is that in the Bible yeah is it the truth yes well why aren't we just going to this mm. And searching out this life more abundant that God wants to give us. And if we aren't living it, then the reason why we aren't getting it is because we're just making some wrong choices. We're not giving him the worship he desires and needs. Well, he doesn't need it, but it belongs to him. Mm-hmm. Because he is the King of Kings. He's the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's everything we need for life and godliness. And he's here in us. Wow. Do you know what's amazing? Hands up if you've got faith. Okay. Incredible. Where did that come from? That's where it probably is, but it didn't come from there. Where did it come from? It's a gift from God. So God give us faith. The whole world is searching around in its mess and confusion and sickness and all the stuff it is because it hasn't been given faith. It hasn't asked God for faith. And the scripture says in 1 John 5, 4, whoever is born of God is victorious over the world and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. We can look 
into this word and read something and know that God has spoken to us. That's right, amen. The one who spoke the world into being speaks to you and speaks to me. He loves us. And that love is not a namby-pamby cotton wool word. It's a serious, powerful, passionate declaration that he's for you. How much is he for me? Well, the ransom was his only begotten son. There was never, ever, ever going to be anyone like him, ever. And God sent him to be sacrificed for you and for me. That's the measure of his love. Milk. We worship God in a practical way. By the choices we make. By the company we keep. By the words we speak. How we spend our money. How we live and what we value. Their declarations of how we worship God or not. When there's no one else around and it's just you. What do you do? That's how you worship God. What are you going to do? We worship God in a spiritual way. And when we do... We sensitise our hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. How do, we, how do we worship God by faith in a spiritual way? We give attention to him. We give attention to his word. We just simply quietly come out the way. Listen, come out of all the nonsense. And get into some sense. And read. And just talk. And God starts sensitising our heart to his voice. He brings life from this Bible. The words that you read, suddenly you read something. You think, Whoa. Has it ever had that? You're reading something. You thought about something and a couple of days later or a couple of hours later you've opened the Bible. And it's, I mean, a grummy line. It's bang on. <laughs> it's like... Someone's come and sat in my room and just give me the answer to what I was asking. Yeah. Sometimes it comes in hours, sometimes it comes in weeks. It depends on how you are. Because I believe God's willing to answer you as soon as you're ready for it. And sometimes you told you the answer, you just wouldn't hear it because you aren't ready. Brings to life the words in the word. Brings boldness and confidence. So that we can use the gifts that God's given us. It wakes us up to a spiritual realm that's around us. And this is a key one. It's key, this is. Because this world is under the sway of the evil one. But because it's, we've been a part of it for X amount of years before we got born again, we kind of tend to think, well, it's just the way the world is. No. 
There's spiritual darkness out there designed to stop you having spiritual life to the abundance. Who comes to steal, kill and destroy? Faith. The faith. And who's he stealing from? From us. From whoever wants to hand it over. Because we're spiritually dull. Mm -hmm. Spiritually dull. This is, this is milk and meat because it's a real deal, you know. This, yeah. is, this is the real deal. This is what's taking place around us as we speak. It wakes us up to the spiritual realm. And do you know what it does? When we worship God, all the things that were mountains and problems crumble away. They come down to a level where they aren't a problem any longer. They destroy, it destroys fear. Destroys fear and brings you into a contact, in contact with love. When you recognise how much God really loves you, your arms will go up and you're thinking, man, he paid the price. He died, not just died, was absolutely battered for me. Incredible, with that understanding, would challenge us to want to passionately do something back because we're grateful and thankful. And the scripture says, perfect love drives out all fear. Mm -hmm. Perfect love drives out all fear. And fear is something that we make in our mind. It's not necessarily real. If I used an acronym of fear, it would be Barney Logs, this one. False evidence appearing real. If birds had any brains, birds, and they're hungry and needing, and needing to eat, they would go looking for the scarecrow. The very thing that's designed to scare them away is the very thing that's got a planted field full of fresh food for them to eat. And all it takes is a straw, piece of wood, and they never land there. They scared away. And fear's designed to keep you away from a blessing. Fear's designed to rob you of the life of God. Because in Proverbs it says the fear of man is a snare. Oh, can't do that. I can't raise my hands because so-and-so's next to me and they'll really think I'm a bit of a weirdo. Or they heard me swear this morning. And how can I do that? Can't do that. But it's, it, it's rapid, it's rabid, it's amongst us. The fear of your wife, the fear of your husband, the fear of your son, how your children are going to perceive you, how your mother-in-law is going to perceive you, all these things, are there cramming in us and saying, mm. oh, I can't do that because. And worship causes, I don't care what anybody thinks. I want to lift my hands and thank you, Jesus, because you've done something so incredible for me that I've just got to worship you. Hallelujah.
And I su suspect that none of us ever get to a place of real worship until we dump all this junk. I'm not as spiritual as John. I'm a little bit more spiritual than Stuart or Tony. Well, that kind of measurement is a load of rubbish as well because yeah. we shouldn't be measuring each other against everybody. Right. It's just simply about you and him. Has anyone heard of Matt Redman? Yeah. The singer. Yeah? Finding some of his songs. <clears throat> he was in Wembley Saturday, a couple of years ago on a Saturday night. 60,000 people. Christians worshipping God. And he was leading the worship. Brilliant. Everyone was getting, you know, absolutely blessed. Sunday morning, he was down in the market in Watford on his own with his guitar, singing the songs. And he says, that's incredible, how come you can do that? Oh, but you really enjoyed that big bash in Wembley, didn't you? He said, it's okay. He said, but listen, I've only ever got an audience of one. And you and I have only got and ever got an audience of one. Because our, uh, our plight as a Christian is to understand how much God's done for us. Yeah. To understand what his power has made us. And to walk in it. Not to think what you think of me, Sam, or you think of me, Stuart, or you think of me, Rico, or I shouldn't be doing this, or I shouldn't be doing that. It's just to be confident in knowing this is the truth. It's the way and the life. And going in it, and being confident of it, it's not, it doesn't matter what you think. I'm not going to be horrible and be, you know, disrespectful, but it doesn't. It matters what God thinks. I want to quickly, just briefly, quickly, briefly. A couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the beam seat of Christ. We had that. I, I don't know if you enjoyed that. It's really interesting to come into the life of the potential of where we're going. Beamer is the Greek word for judgment. The judgment seat of Christ. Okay, and for the sake of this tape measure, it's 1 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 5, and Romans 14 all have parts in their chapters in the Bible about this judgment seat. But coming to Jesus, there was three things God was judging the Christian on. The one was priorities, what the Christian valued. Do not destroy your treasure on earth where rust and moths and thieves can come in and destroy it. Store your treasure in heaven. So we're at, in our life, we, we're, we're posting things into our eternal life by the things that we do. By faith. Stewardship. God has given every single one of us stuff gifts, a level of uh, finance um, and, and, and lots of other things and God's Jesus will judge us and how we've used that how important the gifts are and if we've used them and that will be somewhere where God's making a judgement on us and our motives which is key which blows the religious world up the wall 
Because I did everything from an outward behaviour. Look what I've done. Look what I can do. I've done it. I'm always doing it. And yet, then people can be doing that. And their heart is completely removed from where they are. There is no depth of love, no compassion, no intimacy, no care, not even mindful. They're just doing it because they can do it. And you can do that with religion. Because God makes no demands on you that way. But when you have a relationship with God, it says, the Bible says, that God, man looks on the outward appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I'll come and please you guys, I'll try and get tidy for a, to come here on the front on a Sunday. I'm more happier in jeans, to be honest, but, you know, you look on the outward appearance. But my audience of one is looking on my heart. Your audience of one is looking on your heart. Whether you're coming here to please me, or why are you coming here? That's what he's looking in your heart to say. Are you coming here to worship me? Then worship me. You're coming here because your mate comes. Well, that, that's pointless. You might as well go somewhere else because it's pointless you're coming here. Because you've got to come and be where God's put you to worship him. And the old desire is that as a body we all, listen, I'm just here doing one job in the church. All you guys have got all the other jobs to do. Because we're a body of many parts. And if you come here to sit on the chair and put your feet up and be waited on, you're in the wrong church. Because the body is a moving, animated group of people who are all together focused on the work of God in and around where they're situated. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the truth. And God's looking at our hearts. Your audience of one is there. And he wants to you to be blessed. Hallelujah. But what do you do with the blessed? Wow. Mine. <laughs> the blessing. <laughs> God blesses us to be the blessing. He fills us with the blessing to release a blessing. It fills us with the gift to be giving. It fills us with the compassion to be compassionate. It fills us with the faith so that we can be faithful to do something with it. We're not hoarders. We're not like the Jews who didn't want to share the gospel or the truth. But we're the church who worship God. And the key scripture that I won't... Can't even find it You know, know, sometimes when you're preaching, you're thinking, man, where did that go? (laughs) It's true. You do all your, you think, I'll just put this in order. It just goes in. Man, I'm sure I typed that on the piece of paper. Don't you, John? (laughs) You find it when you get out. (laughs) You do? I get from the Bible. Do you know what? Some people don't even let the Bible get in the way of what they believe. Mm. Think about it. 
John 4, 24 says this. 23, verse 24. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And it's exactly what I've been telling you. On the inside, your audience of one. The place where God's... When we go before Jesus at the Bema seat, the judgment seat, we're not going to get judged for our criminal activities. Our sins, because we haven't got any. In Christ, you haven't got any sin. Your sin nature has been taken away. All things have passed away. They're gone. They've been removed. And we'll be standing with a new glorified body and God will be saying how have you been trusted as I've given you these gifts? What have you done with it? Not to make you feel bad but just to encourage you to understand that hey, we're going to be there. And all the blessing you have isn't just for you, family. <laughs> all the blessing that's come my way isn't just for me. I haven't got a right when God blesses me with all things to keep all things. What kind of Christian mind is that? When the Holy Spirit, because like John said, we have the mind of Christ, is saying, share it. Give it. Go out of your way. Go the extra mile. Go and love. Go and love. Go and care. Go and give. Go and be the blessing I put in you. Because you haven't got any excuses now. Because you shouldn't have any for you. You shouldn't have anything that's going to stop you from doing the things you really want to do. Because God is in you. Amen. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. And it should Amen. start right here, in the body and the believers right here, that we should be so ignited, so encouraged, so motivated, because then people out there who don't know God are losing, they're sick, they're miserable, they're hungry, they are going to a lost eternity, and all the time... I'm on my way to heaven, I shall not be moved. But do I really care about them people out there? Our actions will prove it. Our actions will prove it. It's the truth. Amen. And that's worship. We'll carry on talking about it. worship affects us. Worship affects God. Worship affects the spiritual darkness and the, all the, the spiritual realm that's around us when we worship. But practically, when we know and understand that God gave his life, then practically, just like Jesus did, rolled his sleeves off, 
lifted his tunic up, got his robe dirty, sweated a little bit, talked to some dodgy people, all the religious people going, oh, didn't talk to her, you must be mad, what are you doing with them? What are you inviting them to table? What are you doing with them people? They don't deserve you. <laughs> and God says, without me, And them people are the exact people I've come for. Mm-hmm. I didn't come for the healthy. No. I've come for the sick. That's right. mm-hmm. And I once was sick. Mm-hmm. And God healed me. I was once in a right mess. And God untangled me. A little bit. And he's still untangling me. And where is is it? My wife sorts it out a bit. You know, the Christian life, God pulled us out of the world, delivered us, saved us, forgiven us. And he says, okay, you put your feet up now and take it easy. He says, who are you kidding? So you want to worship me? There's work to be done. There's work to be done. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let's sing a song, God. Oh, okay. No, we can't do that. We can't. Can you work that, Jonah Stewart? What song? No, I've got to get it all up. I've messed with the flower a bit. Oh. We'll carry on with worship next week, but today we only do have an audience of one in our lives. Mm-hmm. We come together, we have the privilege of coming together and worshipping God together, and it's something that I really look forward to every week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's a bit easier, but it doesn't take away the fact that He is awesome an incredible God my understanding of him increases weekly Mm -hmm. and that just makes me more grateful God loves us church he really really does and I hope that in your daily walk through the next week as you worship him, mm-hmm. it'll compel you, your worship, just to want to step out of any anxiety, step out of any fear, step out of any low esteem that you might have. Mm-hmm. To rise above any symptoms of sickness that will come on you and cause you to stand and worship him. Think about this prayer that we pray with mm-hmm. communion. It's the truth. Amen. When you've got symptoms of things, start taking communion in the morning. Mm-hmm. Start allowing the life of God to. It's real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. Every day in your hometown, it's, you can do it. You, you're accepted. We're all accepted 
do it. Hallelujah. And Thank you, it's not just for a Sunday. No. Every day. Every day. All right.